0: Welcome to Ghost Town. Happy New Year, January 1st, 2017. We've arrived. Congratulations, you uh, made it out alive from 2016, which at this point seems like a feat and a uh, cause for celebration. You made it, if you're listening. However, this is Ghost Town, so you never know. It's a gray area for uh, alive and not alive. Speaking of ghost town, we've got a couple of great spirits hovering about today. I decided to throw a New Year dance party, 80s style. This is your cool uncle and aunt's EDM. <laughs> couple of bands today, both out of the UK, out of England. And uh, definitely front runners for electronic introduction to music, and uh, started writing songs for uh, clubs, you know, aimed at at club situations more so than the radio, Uh, but you'll see that this one uh, and the other one will start off more radio-friendly and then get into uh, a whole slew of sounds that they uh, programmed on their uh, cutting-edge toys that came out at the time. This first act formed out of a tragedy, 1980, the original band, Joy Division, experienced the suicide of lead vocalist and frontman Ian Curtis. So, uh, remaining members, Bernard Sumner, Stephen Morris, and Peter Hook, added on, uh, Morris's girlfriend, Gillian Gilbert, and formed this next band called New Order. And you'll see, they're gonna, uh, start off, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with Joy Division, you'll hear a little bit of that in the beginning. This first song, in fact, was, uh, Technically, a Joy Division song. Just not released uh, until after Curtis's death. But we're going to get right into it. Enough talk about death. This is about life. We made it to 2017, people. (laughs) Be proud of yourself, damn it. All right, new order. You're right in Ghost Town. This is WRFN LP Pasquo. I'm Creepy Steve.
1: through joy division of new order that will be disenchanted
2: with the dance ability of your newer material
3: people who follow you
2: when you're like a cult band it always happens the same as soon as you get
1: success they feel a bit
2: cheated because everybody likes you you get letters from people saying i liked you when you were joy division you know as if you should single them out for some kind of uh, reward or something you know it's, I don't know, maybe they feel cheated because you're successful, you know, it's like they've lost something. But, I mean, we're not, we're not really here to represent the needs of our fans. We're here to write music, that's all, music that we want to write, not to live up to somebody else's ideals. We don't want a dedicated, loyal, you know, we'll buy anything, follow him. I want these people who, if they like the song, they'll buy it. If they don't like the song, they don't buy it. That's I mean, the only principle we've ever worked on. I mean, you can be successful without having media coverage, you know, we don't need to do interviews and you know, do photo sessions and things like that, because thank God we're lucky in our own right we're successful enough just by playing our music, which is what we want to do anyway. It's normal. Yeah. Seems really logical to me. Why did you agree to do this interview?
3: Because you asked us. <laughs>
0: ghost town with new order visiting thanks fellas and lady it's a pleasure to have you uh playing some singles from the year 1981 released around their debut album movement uh will not be playing any songs off of movement today due to time constraint however they did release the album in 1981 and uh taking a similar route to the joy division sound um with dark melodic songs however uh, an increase of synthesizers for sure which would increase uh Heavily moving forward and be a you know a, a staple for uh, for New Order and their unique sound. Um, Hook commented that the only positive thing that came out of movement and those sessions was that the producer uh, Martin Hannett had showed the band how to use a mixing board, which allowed them to produce records for themselves uh, moving forward. And uh, but then you know later on Hook uh, changed his well you know altered his opinion and uh, said that you know movement gets a raw deal. In general, if you consider the circumstances in which it was written, considering uh, their former lead vocalist's suicide, it's a fantastic record. So, you know, things change, attitudes change, people grow up. It happens. Um, You heard at the top there their first single, Ceremony, which was, you know, technically a Joy Division song, uh, was released just a couple, or was written a few weeks, just a couple weeks before Curtis took his own life and released after his death. Um, with Bernard Sumner singing the lead vocals, which he took over for the band. Also in there, Temptation. That was the 1981 release. The band had visited New York City in 1981, and uh, were introduced to the post-disco freestyle and electro sounds and also the club environment of New York City, which uh, inspired them greatly, and uh, definitely you'll see in their, uh, their songwriting moving forward. Here's another 1981 single. New Order right in Ghost Town. It's Procession. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville.
4: When Ian died, the manager, Rob, said um, to Stephen and the rest of the group, what do you think about Gillian joining? Because could never replace Ian and they didn't want another singer, so they decided that they needed one person to play keyboards and guitar. was well, a bit strange. The first thing he said was, right, you've got to learn how to tune up a guitar. And I'm like, oh, God, I'll have to. And then I didn't realise till a month later, he couldn't even tune a guitar. Tell me about your own creative role in the group and how that emerged over time. I was in charge of all the equipment, all the keyboards, and um, starting all the sequences. Because you were programming sequences, you had to know the note names because they all played by ear. Bernard was, used to say, well, What note do you think they'll go in there? And I'm like, It's an A sharp. And he'd be like, All right. <laughs>
5: the same
0: All right, Thieves Like Us, that's New Order off of, uh, well, actually, that's a single from uh, 1982. Forgive me there for my, it's off of, it's off of its own. And also in there was Age of Consent off of Power, Corruption, and Lies. And at the top, you heard the 1981 single, Procession. You're listening to New Order right in Ghost Town. And uh, they released Power, Corruption, and Lies in May of 1983, um, taking a dramatic turn from the Joy Division sound, much more synthesizer-based. And uh, they definitely found their footing on this record, mixing early techno music with their earlier guitar-based sound. Um, you're going to hear a little short bit on uh, their electronic equipment here from, uh, from Stephen Morris. And then you're going to hear the uh, single that was released in 1983, um, which people were confused it was not featured. It was not included on the Power, Corruption, and Lies album. However, on a later release, actually not until 2008, they went ahead and threw it on the uh, collector's edition of Power, Corruption, and Lies. So, uh, after this little bit here, you're going to hear the 12 inch single. This is the best selling single of all time in the UK for the band. And you're right in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville.
3: Hello, Stephen. Hello. All kinds of equipment, all keyboards. Can you explain a little bit about it? Explain a little bit. Yes, well, I'll try. And as few words as possible. This is Igor, the robot drummer. If I say, play to this this box here, it will start playing the stay drums. Quiet, quiet. All right, all right. Play. Yeah, you didn't believe me, did you? Ah. Stop. Yeah, he's not very good at stopping. Not very good at stopping. Misbehaves at times. This box here is actually di- contains. Di-
0: tell you what, I can tell CD2 is going to be a, a creeper today. And not the cool creeper like I am. I'm going to do a little switcheroo here real quick. See if this works out for the rest of the show. Plan B. It's all about flexibility in 2017. Goes Town.
3: Hello, Stephen. All kinds of equipment, all keyboards. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about it? Explain a little bit. Yes, well, I'll try, and as few words as possible. <laughs> this is Igor, the robot drummer. If I say play to this this box here, it will start playing the stay drums. Play, play. All right, all right. Play. Yeah, you didn't believe me, did you? Ah. Stop. Yeah, he's not very good at stopping. Not very good at stopping. Missed me at times. This box here is actually di- contains digital recordings of real drums and even hand claps. <laughs> Someone clapping in there. So actually, if you imagine a little a little fellow with eight arms in there playing all these things, eight arms he's got. He can do loads of... Shh. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? I don't know where it came from. It comes from America, how does How does this work? This is a complete computer be- because it has diskettes on it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit like a tape recorder, this. This tape recorder, you sort of reco- record someone talking into it, and you can play it back, and it sounds sounds terrible, really. But it's got a lot of practical implications, because uh, this is digital recording as well. It's a recording of a guitar. Sounds just like a guitar, eh? Oh, well. And this this synthesizer, what what's this? Old fashioned. There's nothing digital. Well, there is, I suppose. There's a Little digital readout. Uh, it's got a few flashing lights on it, and uh, it just goes <coughs> like that. Not nothing very spectacular. This one. If you talk to Bernard over there, you talk to Bernard over there. He's he's got something he wants to tell you. about. Bernard, what what's this kind of a kind of a synthesizer? Well, this is a very old fashioned sort of synth. This is a Prophet Five. And uh, it's an analog synthesizer, whereas that one's a digital synthesizer, right? That sample sounds, changes them into numbers and plays them back as audio. Yeah, where this just has noise generators that you can program to get any sound you want out of it. What's new order? Computer programmers or uh, musicians? I'd say neither, actually. What are you, then? Uh, Bank robbers.
0: monday that's new order the hugely successful single from 1983 and uh very popular in the clubs in new york and uh in england especially in new york city um you're noticing these songs getting a little bit longer as they are geared towards the club scene here's one more for you from 1983 it's confusion you're right in ghost town new order Confusion, the 1983 single by New Order, and uh, that's an eight-minute track right there. Thanks for hanging out. If you're still with me, um, again, they were writing songs like uh, "Confusion" and "Blue" Order and "Blue Monday" for uh, the club scene. If you can picture uh, being at a club and you're uh, feeling pretty, you know, pretty awesome, and you're uh, you're going pretty uh, high and fast, and you kind of never want the song to end. That's pretty much what they were catering to with those last couple. Um, It's gonna get a little bit more radio savvy here with uh, these next couple tracks. Um, I should mention too that uh, Factory Records, the the band's label, opened its own nightclub in May of 1982 in Manchester. That's in England. And uh, it's called the Hacienda, or it was called the Hacienda. And uh, Factory actually issued it a a catalog number. It's FAC51. Pretty funny. Uh, any, any of the interviews you hear of uh, the band or factory records label heads uh, talking about the club, uh, it was a big headache for them. They hired their friends, and uh, it just wasn't run very tightly. Um, trying to mix business in with uh, music and art is, you know, it's already a challenge at the, at the record label level, and then adding a the nightclub in the mix uh, compounded that. But, you know, it, it's pretty cool. They wanted to create their own scene. Um, and really they were trying to emulate a New York City club in Manchester and in England and get people pumped on that side of the pond about that kind of uh, that kind of hangout all right here's Peter Hook and some, with some words and uh, we're gonna continue with a couple more tracks from New Order and then we're gonna get into our next band visiting ghost town today I'm creepy Steve I just want
1: to go back for a moment but I know it's purely speculative and probably a silly question what do you think would have happened if Ian Curtis lived i I think musically we would have gone exactly the same way i think we would ian would have been singing on blue monday bernard and stephen were very interested in the technology were eager to try it and use it so i think the music would have gone the same way Mm. we we were getting very dancey towards the end Mm. songs like something must break the only mistake um isolation and things like that you know it was getting um very dance orientated because we were listening to a lot of Donna Summer, Giorgio Moroder, Craftwork etc etc you know those things were being dragged in if you like so I'd see it as a natural progression. Yeah. I mean it's quite interesting because it was always me that wanted to be rocking
2: uh, <laughs> and
1: it was quite interesting in New Order that the, the thing that made New Order was the combination of technology mm. dance and rock so I was lucky yeah. that I stuck to me gumbers. <laughs>
0: our love triangle that's new order off the 1986 album brotherhood and uh you also heard confusion and blue monday in there the 1983 singles the club the club singles huge huge dance numbers and uh gonna play you one more single from new order then we're gonna we're gonna get into the next band here in ghost town uh this is 1963 which is actually that's the name of the song it's the b-side to the single that was released true faith and that was in 1987. Uh, the band actually wanted this to be the A-side. The label convinced them otherwise. Uh, True Faith did go on to go to be a big hit. And actually, uh, it was on MTV and uh, was the band's first American Top 40 hit, actually. But uh, I like 1963, and I'm going to play it. So here's the last one from New Order. Hope you've enjoyed, and then we're going to get right back into, uh, well, we'll get right into the next band. You're in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. You're listening to WRFN LP Pasquo. This is Radio Free Nashville. 1963, that's the single by New Order. Going out with a bang. That's it. That's it for New Order. Thanks for hanging with them. Thanks, guys. All right, getting right into this next act. Act. They're my buddies. They're hanging out in ghost town today. So cool, and I love them. Formed in 1980 and Basildon, in Essex in England. The original lined up, Dave Gahn, Martin Gore, Andy Fletcher, and Vince Clark. And uh, this is off their 1981 uh, album, *Speaking Spell. And uh, these guys, they started off kind of light and fluffy. They had a slight personnel change. They got a little bit darker, more gothic, and definitely uh, amped up the uh, electronic feature in their music. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. Here's some early, early Depeche Mode. Right in Ghost Town, I'm Creepy Steve. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville.
2: had to sort of struggle to find find gigs, mm. but now there's a lot more places. You know, everyone wants to, wants electronic bands to play there, so it's
1: more popular. You know, if people want to dress up, so okay. if people want to copy other people, I think it's all right. You know, I mean, I don't really agree with people being you know the original, the original punks, or the original New Romanics or anything. You know, if they want to enjoy themselves and dress up and look nice, it's okay. I think mm. they will pack. Pe- they- I mean, Crocs has always been packed. Yeah, it's just a, it's just that you notice you up. notice the change in people. Whereas Peep- oh, before before like sort people. of our um, ballet and that were on the telly, groups like that that were dressed up, um, it would just be a select sort of crowd that that um, had been around for a long while before, you know, and doing it before. It's just that it'd been broadened to the public, and I thought it was you know they like it, you know, they say right we're going to dress up. I mean, it happened with Punk. but Punk was just sure. the same thing.
5: Generating, generating, new life.
0: Fesh Mode, right in Ghost Town. I'm appreciating the visit for sure. And uh, that was the 1983 single, Get the Balance Right. Also in there, off of the first album called Speak and Spell, you heard New Life and Just Can't Get Enough. And uh, this last track that you just heard, Get the Balance Right, a significant change in sound for the band. And that's due to the departure of Vince... And that's Vince Clark. and he was replaced by Alan Wilder. Um, actually, they released a second album without Vince, and Alan joined them on the third LP. Um, but this freed up Martin Gore to become the uh, to step in as the lead songwriter, coming from a little darker perspective and angle. Um, Gore's uh, lyrics and music definitely took a, uh, a minor turn in the band's sound, and Alan Wilder brought the uh, the sampler toys, you know, the electronic kits to uh, add to the mix also so just almost like overnight the band's sound changed especially in 1983 and uh, Get the Balance Right was the first single to feature Wilder with the group and then they uh, went on to release uh, Construction Time again and uh, I'm trying to think of what year that was I'm blanking right now it's all good that was the uh, first LP to feature Alan Wilder and I'm gonna hear some words from the band and then get right into Everything counts. You're listening to Depeche Mode right in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. We just got a name from uh, a magazine when
1: I was working at college. Uh, if anyone wants to know, and uh, of, of course they want to know. It doesn't really, it doesn't really uh, mean anything the way we actually write it. But it, I think in uh, French, it comes from the, the verb to hurry. It probably means hurried fashion or something like that. I thought
6: there was a fashion magazine involved here somewhere. Am I yeah, wrong? Here? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's actually a magazine called Depeche Mode, but it's it's written different, and they use like, the, the, the accents and stuff, the cutes and stuff on it. And we just take all that off, so it doesn't really mean anything. You know. uh,
6: when, when people write about Depeche Mode, they describe, them, uh, describe the band as a, a synth band, but a lot more human. Mm. A band with a face, a synth band with a face. Is that close to real? Is that close yeah, to I
1: mean, we're basically, we're a pop band, you know, and, uh, this, this, we just use, we tend to use synthesizers and computers more than we, we use guitars. I mean, we do actually use guitars occasionally and stuff, but we tend to use electronics a lot more. We just find it a lot more interesting using electronic sound.
2: this is an emulator 2 and it's an instrument that we use um, a lot in the studio and live. Um, it's very versatile and very easy to use and a lot of people will understand what, it's a, what a sampling keyboard does but for those of, of you who don't understand what it does, basically it's, a tape, it's like a tape recorder except it works digitally and without tape but the principle is very much the same. You can record a sound into here, very much like you would on a tape recorder. And when you play back, you play back by pressing a key. Anything that's in your imagination, you can produce on here. And then you have another facility on here, which is that you can assign any of your samples to any part of the keyboard. So for example, I have a disc in here already loaded in, which we made quite some time ago now for a song called Christmas Island. And it's a good example because it has many sounds already spread across the keyboard, which we've sampled in. All the information in here and everything you do, you can store on this floppy disk. And so whenever you go away and set up this equipment somewhere else, you want to get back all the information you programmed, it's all on here. You just put that in and load it into the machine. So there's one sound one sound then on the next key up bass drum next key you can put these sounds anywhere okay so there's three sound there's another sound and so on many sounds and then you can (laughs) Thank you.
0: Depeche Mode, People Are People, that's from 1984, Some Great Reward is the album. Also in there, 1986's Black Celebration album, you heard Stripped, and starting off the set Everything Counts from 1983 off of Construction Time Again. Alright, here's off their next record, Music for the Masses, Never Let Me Down Again. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville, it's Depeche Mode in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. Let Me Down Again. That's Depeche Mode off the 1988 release Music for the Masses. A huge tour followed that release in 1988. It was a world tour and it ended in the U.S. Uh, on June 18th at the Pasadena Rose Bowl and it had a paid attendance of 60,000 plus people. The tour was documented in a uh, film by D.A. Pennebaker titled 101. The band talks about it.
2: We wanted to document it and we, we felt... It. if if we didn't sort of somehow film it or make a concert film or something we'd be wasting it really because we put so much effort into the
1: stage so, and everything we felt we had to document it. We all our gigs and stuff and we wanted to finish the tour with a bang you know and so, sort of not just to finish on after 10 months constant touring you know we wanted to finish with a special show so we decided to do this show in California and you know we ended up getting like 70,000 people turning up to this one show and so to film and it was the last show so there was an added sort of tension in the fact that we were filming it recording it and it was the last gig but there was no like if it went on. We couldn't like, say, well, we'll film it again tomorrow, you know. To find
2: the right person to direct it. And for a long time, we had somebody in mind that, that none of us were really happy mm. with. And it was only at the last minute that um, the idea of Penny Baker came along and we met him and found that, you know, we could get on together. And, you know, from that moment on, it became a much more exciting prospect because we knew we were using someone who was very sympathetic to making that kind of film and had some kind of
1: talent. So we wanted to make a film that was honest. We didn't want to make a film that was like, All these films that you see now of bands just on stage, very glossy, very nice, and, you know, a couple of little shots sort of backstage, you know, messing around and stuff. Mm. They're not very interesting. They're just boring, Mm. you know. I think what it does is just capture what happened
2: during the three or four weeks of that tour, you know, and it's a very honest account of what happened. In
0: 1989, Depeche Mode released this single, which went to number 13 on the U.K. charts, one of their biggest sellers to date, and in the U.S. it was their first U.S. gold single, And their first top 40 since people are people. It's Depeche Mode right in Ghost Town. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville.
5: Reach out, touch space. But I
0: Personal Jesus, that's Depeche Mode from their 1997 album, Violator. This is the peak right here, folks. Several several wonderful singles off this one. Here's another one right in ghost town. Enjoy the silence. That's Depeche Mode off the 1990 release *Violator*. You also heard *World in My Eyes*. I've got one more track for you. Gonna have to fade it out early. I hate that. I love this song. But you've been listening to to Depeche Mode, also New Order, in *Ghost Town* today. I'm Creepy Steve. Thanks for the visit. I'll catch you next time. Make sure you stay tuned for RFN Weekend with Matt the PM. This is Radio Free Nashville.